The Spiritual Scientist podcast aims to make Rudolf Steiner's ideas accessible and understandable with my own analysis and with special guests from fields such as Steiner, Waldorf Education, Biodynamic Agriculture, Therapeutic Work, Esoteric Christianity, History and Geopolitics, and much more. Today I'm going to be talking about the free individuality and the community, and how can we actually live with each other when we have all these different beliefs and ideas and ideologies. So this is something Steiner talked about a lot, and he predicted many, many things that are happening in the world today. So for example, you have the advent of technology and how that's becoming playing a more and more intense role in our lives. And at the extreme end of that, you have even the transhumanist movement where there's people who actually want us to merge with machines. You know, Elon Musk's company Neuralink are working on uh, human brain computer interfaces so that uh, the, uh, the concept is that eventually we won't even have to think. <laughs> the computers will think for us. So that's where, you know, a lot of uh, there's a lot of people out there that are headed in that direction. It's in many ways anti-human you could say but for materialists who believe that the the world is just matter and that's all there is then you know it makes sense that's the only way to uh, for humanity to continue in a way if everything if if the if the systems are all going to collapse then that's where they want to go so steiner talked about that he talked about the east west division which is still a, obviously an ongoing concern and uh, he talked about the spiritual foundations of that, which I won't be getting into today. And then he also talked about yeah, this social division that is becoming more and more intense, I would say. I mean, the, you look back at history and there's many times in different countries, in different places, at different times in history where ideologies were warring with each other. That, that did split families, you know, certain times after the Reformation where you have one family member who's a Protestant and a, another family member who's a Catholic or the whole family's a Catholic or whatever the configuration is and those ideologies splitting families. So, of course, this has happened before. But it seems today you could say in a way that there's no overarching philosophy or belief that's sort of holding the whole thing together. Whereas in the past, in most cultures or in, in most groups, there was a sort of a unifying principle, if you like, or even a unifying ritual, whether that was the Christian ritual or in different cultures, different rituals. But there was something, some sort of glue holding things together. And in many ways, we've reached this point in history, at least, at least in the West, where these ideologies are splitting us up more and more. So even just to, to bring it right down to earth, uh, when Brexit happened a couple of years ago, you had family members who were totally pro-Brexit, family members who were totally against, and it really did break up friendships and family groups. There were actual cases, I'm sure maybe you had experiences of that yourself. And then, of course, over the last two years, there's a whole ideology around wearing masks, vaccines, and all those all those things, all the things that came with this um, pandemic. And then people who are the complete opposite mind and think that it's 
that it's actually a, there's an agenda behind it and it's forcing us in a particular direction. And that's now something that's splitting up families, splitting up friendship groups. So the question is sort of how did we get here? And one way to look at it is through the lens of the evolution of human consciousness, which Steiner talked a great deal about. Or if you read his lectures, which I know can be difficult, um, in almost every lecture, he will start off going through the sequence of the evolution of human consciousness through these different epochs. And I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to just give more of a general outline to it. Um, because it's it's a lot to go into and it's a lot to hold in memory. But I think the, the, the idea with this podcast is that really, hopefully it becomes a jumping off point for, hey, that, that idea, you know, was inspiring or that triggered something and then you go and look further into it yourself. So I'm not here to go into the massive, deep, hours-long analysis right at this point, but just to give you uh, an outline. So... When it comes to the evolution of human consciousness, which Steiner was talking about, um, the best way to picture it is just like a, a U-shape. And uh, I don't know if I can actually do that and have you see it, but you know what a U looks like, right? So, um, and for those of you listening who aren't watching watching this on video, but just listening to the podcast, just imagine a U-shape. Um, and at the top of one side of the U, you could picture that this and it's like a timeline that we're talking about. So at the top of the U on one side, you have like right back, you could say, even before his historical time began. And we could what we could say is actually the further you go back, the more we lived in what you might call a golden age. But we were not conscious really. We weren't really conscious at all but you could say that we were at one with everything. So you have a lot of this um, in the concept from Eastern, the Eastern religions that there is this sense that God is one, God is everything, and we are a part of that. Now, through over millennia, so when I'm talking about this you being like a timeline, I'm talking about a very, very long timeline. And as uh, the evolution of hum human consciousness progresses we become less and less connected or at one with the Godhead or with everything. And more and more we form, um, you might say, we form into groups. That's sort of like the first step, which happens, of course, over long periods of time. So we go from being this sort of gelatinous one with everything and not really aware of anything or even aware of ourselves. And gradually we become aware of of the group and there's a group consciousness that develops and even today you can sort of see that in different cultures whereas in the west we're much more individualistic and the individual is sort of the the prime uh the the main thing that we think of in other cultures it's still very much group oriented i mean i remember spending some time in vietnam and when people, when the Vietnamese people go on holidays, you know, they go with 30 members of the family. So there's this, this, the, the feeling of the group is much stronger in certain cultures. And the further we go back in history, the more that's actually the case. Now, the other thing that comes along with that, the further we go back, is that there is actually a, an ancient clairvoyance, an ancient 
um, automatic, if you like, connection with the spiritual world or with God, with the Godhead and with each other. And the further you go back, the more this is just obvious. This would have just been obvious to us. So we would have seen in the spiritual world, we would have seen what was good, we would have seen what worked, and we would have just done it. We were automatons in a way, but we followed the good because it was just so obvious. It was it was there right in front of us, so we followed it. So that's another aspect of this co- the course of the evolution of human consciousness is that we've become less and less connected with the spiritual world in that sense. And really the whole history of religion is about trying to develop this reconnection or trying to reconnect. The word itself, religion, means to reconnect. So when the further back we go in history, the less need there actually is for religion because we are... We have this atavistic clairvoyance. We are one with everything to some degree. And gradually we lose that over the course of human evolution. So at some point along this U, actually I'm probably drawing it different ways each time. um, Some point along this U, we reach a kind of a zero point. Like if you come down to the bottom of your U, if you're imagining one or seeing me (laughs) gesture one. Um, where we actually have become so individualistic and so wrapped up in what the individual is going through that we've actually lost the connection with the group. We've lost the connection with the spiritual world. And yeah, we're in a very difficult, challenging place. It's almost like, you know, every man for himself. Um, Hobbes called it the war of all against all that would that would develop and Steiner took up that phrase and you can see you can in a way see hints of this at the moment you know when it comes to the different ideologies that we all live by you know one person's a meat eater one person's a vegan um, but the vegan person might not get along with be able to get along with this other another vegan person because they're pro-vaccine mandate and their other one is anti-vaccine mandate or maybe the meat eater doesn't watch tv and the tv watcher eats meat but you know and so on and so forth you get the concept we it's like we all developing um our own religion that we're trying to live by and so i'll you know it's sort of obvious, but it leads to conflict. So there's a lot more to say about that, but that that sort of gets the point across. And at this zero, what you might call the zero point of this U, the very bottom of your U shape, um, is, yeah, a kind of a zero point where we've reached this place where the, the connection with the spiritual world has almost completely disappeared. And we've become completely focused on the material world and the individual, what's going on for the individual themselves. And then Steiner says that at this point, at this zero point, uh, a being of the spiritual world, a very lofty being who had actually had other tasks in prehistory and many, many religions talk about um the idea that there is a a messiah or a savior or some being who will eventually come to the earth to put things right. Well, in a sense, that 
is what Steiner describes that around about 2000 years ago, a particular being of the hierarchy took on human form in order to bring the imp give humanity the impulse to make the journey back up the other side of the u-shape if you like towards you know eventually in long long period after long long periods of time another kind of golden age so but the thing is there's a difference there's a difference between the old golden age and what we, what we might call the new golden age that we ultimately will be heading for. And that is that it comes down to human choice. Like I said in, about in, before in the past, the golden age was just natural. It was just normal. It was what we did because we could see that it was the right thing to do. We, we were one with everything. We were one with each other. And we just did what was right for the all, as it were. And then gradually, 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 we become more self-centered, more about the I, about the individual. And, you know, a lot of, in the Eastern religions, a lot of, because that's Buddhism's had such a big influence, we sort of see that as a bad thing. The ego, which is really just the Greek word for I, or the self, is seen as something that we want to get rid of, or we want to... Um, transcend so that we don't you know in some schools of buddhism it's about not wanting to incarnate in the earth at, at, on the earth anymore to get rid of all our attachments to the earth and this is different this picture that steiner brings this is about transforming the individuality and at the same time the earth itself into becoming a being that once again connects with the spiritual world once again is able to follow the good as it were but out of its own free choice not out of a compulsion that we would have felt in the ancient past to do what the good thing that was right in front of us we couldn't err uh, in the christian tradition you could say this is about the fall of man so we're, we've gone from the garden of eden or, or the golden age and gradually we have fallen, but something came about where we've been given the impulse to make that, that rise again. So just to put that into perspective in, in the here and now, we can see that the I, which Steiner considers to be the ultimate gift, the, the individuality is the ultimate gift that humanity has received, it has a choice. It can either completely and utterly live for itself and satisfy its own desires constantly and just live for comfort and for itself, or it can actually choose consciously to work on itself, to develop other, the other aspects of the human being, to make it a tool, if you like, or to, make, to turn itself into a, a co-worker with the angelic realm and the higher spiritual hierarchies. Or not. <laughs> it can become more and more egotistical, more and more turned inward. So that's the picture I wanted to bring to begin with, to just give us a sense of where we're at in terms of the evolution of human consciousness, where we where we want to go or what we what we can do from here, and what the differences are with the past and the future and where we're headed.
And so now I want to talk a little bit about solutions or things that Steiner brought as possible therapies for what we're going through. And I don't mean therapies in just a small sense, but actual cult, you know, not just therapy for the individual, but actual actual cultural therapy, which is really in in some senses what he was all about in the end. So I'm just going to go over a couple of things, but you know, for those of you who know anything about Steiner, there's all these different areas where he was able to bring spiritual wisdom into. So for example, there's um, Steiner Waldorf education, which is, you know, spread all over the world now. There is biodynamic agriculture, a whole new way of um, working with the land and with the animals and with the food we produce. There's anthroposophical medicine, there's uh, architecture, there's um, curative education for, for people with learning difficulties and le- disabilities of all kinds. So there's lots of different areas where Steiner was able to talk to and then actually new impulses and new initiatives were started out of that. So I could talk about lots of different things, but there's a couple of things I want to mention. So he gave a lot of uh, exercises, a lot of meditations to different people who were going through different things and talked about different ways in which the human being as an individual can develop themselves and the way also that groups can develop. And one, a couple of things he talked about were obviously a meditative path. And what's really interesting, maybe I'll just mention three, but the the yeah the meditative path being one of them. The really interesting thing about Steiner's meditative path or different paths that he gave is that it's quite different again from the Eastern idea of meditation. So it's not about now. I know I'm putting I'm saying Eastern and putting it all in one box. I realize there's great subtlety in different areas of Buddhism, for example. So I'm, I'm just skipping over that for the because of the time. But the anthroposophical or Steiner's way of talking about meditation is that what we the way of doing it is to actually focus or concentrate on a particular content. So it's working with content. And that might be a verse or an image that we create in our own minds, or it could be many different things, but it's quite different from the idea of just sitting in silence and letting the thoughts go past or trying to get away from thought. But in a sense, you could say that's actually the second part of the meditative path that Steiner gave is so you, you focus and sit with a content of some kind. And then once you've seep you know seeped your conscious steeped rather sorry your consciousness in to that content then you attempt to let it go and and see what's see what's in the space that you've created so the meditative paths one aspect but uh, alongside that he also gave a lot of exercises for strengthening the thinking the harmonizing the feeling and bringing also bringing strength to the will And he really made clear that that is such an important aspect if we're going to take up a meditative path because spiritual awakenings and spiritual experiences are not always necessarily positive things. 
And what the strengthening exercises do, which Steiner gave, uh, give us some security. So he was very much a believer in that we need to still be able to think logically, to feel harmoniously, and to be able to work in the world and be effective in the world. And if our spiritual path is, in a sense, not making us more effective in the world, more able to deal with social issues and things that we're dealing with in families and groups, then the question is, what's it good for? We don't want a spiritual path which is just sort of leading us off into a fantasy world that's not connected with the earth. And yet we also don't want a spirituality that's fettering us to the earth where we become more and more materialistic in the sense of believing that matter is all there is. So, yeah, alongside the meditative path and the exercises he gave were these other exercises which are there to really strengthen the soul and give it a sure footing. So that's one aspect. Another thing is, which you, if you're involved in the Steiner education or Waldorf education, is the celebration of the festivals. So celebrating festivals, bringing ritual into our lives where we connect with one another, we connect with nature, we connect with the spiritual world itself and doing that in a rhythmical way. So the festivals of the year are celebrated, you know, obviously at the same times of the year each year and that brings a rhythm and a harmony into human life and human social relations. So that was one thing he was big on. Another aspect of the ritual is that the uh, Christian community, which also rose up out of Steiner's work, celebrates the seven sacraments, uh, you know, baptism, confirmation, marriage, etc., and brings a picture into the individual life where we can have ritual and we can connect beyond ideology. So the the rituals of the Christian community, for example, they, they are fixed and they are set. The wording is set and the same things happen at each point of the ritual. But ritual is given like like an image or like a picture. So, you know, for example, if you go and look at a painting, 10 people can be sitting looking at the painting, but we don't have to believe the same thing about the painting. We can all have our unique individual experiences and yet the painting stays the same. And what images do, what pictures do, is that they actually unite us. So whereas intellectual ideologies and and thoughts about this and opinions divide, pictures, images, and ritual, which is a kind of a, a picture, if you like, a moving picture, you could say, a living picture, these things unite. And so that's what festivals and ritual are really all about bringing us together and uniting us so that's two aspects the meditative side and the celebration of the festivals and ritual and then the third and final one that i'll mention today is just about listening and working together with other people so our if you think about our social lives it all really comes down to what we say to one another and what we hear from one another. And as you'll, as you'll know yourself, most, most of us, and we're all guilty of this, I'm sure, but when we're listening to someone speak, we're usually just waiting for our turn to say what we want to say. 
unless you've been trained and become conscious of, of how to listen, most of us are, are doing that most of the time. We're not really actually listening to the other person. And Steiner pointed out that if you really listen to another person, no matter how wrong you think they are or how much their opinion disagrees with yours, if you really, really, truly listen and follow their thinking with, with your own thinking, um, what can happen, happen is actually there can be even a, a homeopathic transformation that takes place. So if you've ever had this experience of thinking as you go into a conversation, I'm going to really listen to this person. I'm going to really hear what they're saying. I'm going to really seek to understand and just show loving interest in the thoughts and the feelings that this person's going through. Something can actually happen spiritually there where it's almost like a vacuum is created because you've you've put your own egotism aside for a moment and you're really in a sense giving yourself up to understanding this other person and as many people know from from if you've ever been to a very good therapist or spoken to someone who's a very good listener it can be transformative just to be listened to and so that's another uh another aspect of of what steiner was talking about that can be very powerful in the social realm there's a little book actually called that Steiner wrote, which is quite easy to read, not like much of his work, but it's called Inner Aspects of the Social Question. And he really talks there about listening and the importance of listening and how it can actually be transformative. So we started off today looking at the where we're at at the moment in terms of the social division and the you know why we're in that place in a way with the evolution of human consciousness having brought us to this particular point where we need to connect spiritually again with the spiritual world and with each other and with the earth and that we've reached this point and we've reached this point where it's got to be a conscious decision for us to do that and we have to consciously work on ourselves to do that and then we spoke about some of the different ways Steiner mentioned that we can do that. We can actually take steps towards that. So celebrating the yearly festivals together with with ritual perhaps, um, and then our own meditative work, our own inner work that we're, you know, constantly developing ourselves and, you know, seeking to connect with the spiritual world. And then also the path of listening which is one aspect. So there's so many more things I could could talk about, but this is what I just wanted to bring for today to give you um, a couple of thoughts and ideas that you can go on with. And it would be great if people enjoyed what they heard today that you um, hit like, share, tell people about it, and please leave some comments and ask any questions that you have. And I really look forward to being with you again soon. Thanks for being here. Bye for now. Thanks very much for listening to the Spiritual Scientist podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal, or if you'd like to become a member, you can make a recurring donation via Subscribestar. The podcast can be found on all good podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, and Google, and the video format can be found on Odyssey, Rumble, Rumble, 
BitChute, Brighteon, and YouTube. Thanks very much for watching. Bye for now.